This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. Hello and welcome. I'm super excited to have you here on the 7-Figure Agency Podcast where we're interviewing successful digital marketing agencies from across the country. Um, Today we've got a special guest. We've got Harry Morton from Lower Street which is one of the top podcast production and promotion agencies in the country, Uh, works with some of the top agencies that I know of. And so I was like, hey, this could be a really interesting person to have on the show for two reasons. Uh, First of all, hopefully we'll get some great insights on how we can do more with podcasts and better position ourselves and land more clients. We can also hear kind of how Harry was able to grow a really successful, you know, service-specific agency. So without further ado, Harry, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. So based on your accent, let's start with like, what part of the world are you in? And tell us a little bit about where you're, where you're, um, what your agency is all about. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in the UK. Uh, I live about half an hour away from uh, Stonehenge. If you want some old rocks, there's a nice landmark there. Okay. Um, but I run a fully distributed team. So we are a podcast production agency. We work with um, agency owners, enterprise businesses to create podcasts for their brands. Um, and our team is spread out between Canada, the U.S., here in the U.K., and, and some beyond uh, as well. So, yeah, we're all over the place. Amazing. Guys, so I'd love to hear in the comments. Let us know what you're most excited about learning about today. Is it more about how to leverage your podcast, how to promote your podcast, uh, how to create better quality podcasts, uh, or more like on how Harry built the agency and kind of went down this path? Um, I definitely want to start there. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about kind of what your service offering looks like and what you do from a podcast production and promotion perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really focused, uh, a big part of our focus is on helping agency owners uh, build an audience to, to and, and really kind of leverage podcasting to grow their agencies. Because I started out in podcasting like um, just over seven years ago. Um, and at the time I was trying to build my own business um, and and we're seeing, you know, a lot of founders out there on podcasts getting a huge amount of success. And I really wanted to understand, okay, I know how to make great audio. I know how to tell great stories, but how are these folks using it so well to grow so quickly? And I really wanted to sort of just obsess over that basically and figure out the answer. And, um, and so that's what I've spent uh, a lot of time doing. And, uh, and, and really, I guess the main thrust of it is that we want to, to use podcasting, not only as an op- opportunity to build an audience, but also as a great way to introduce ourselves to best fit clients that could uh, be people that we work with. So it's a wonderful relationship building tool, as well as it is an audience and kind of relationship building at scale tool as well. Um, so, so yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong audio nerd. I've been playing with audio since uh, making, you know, cassette radio shows with my sister on a little tape recorder when we were, you know, 12 in the 90s. So I've, I've been yeah, kind of uh, doing audio my whole life, but uh, but uh, yeah, podcasting has been my obsession over the last kind of seven years. Very cool. And so we recently did an Inc. 5000 agency panel where we interviewed some of the su- most successful, fastest growing agencies. Um, Billy Sticker was on there and he said one of the main drivers of his success and his growth was his podcast. He's putting mm-hmm. out great content to his niche, which is chiropractors, which cool. helped position him and get people to lean in and come to him pre- pre-positioned to buy. Yeah. And on another episode, we interviewed Chris Dreyer from Rankings.io, which is one of the top agencies and eight-figure agencies serving um, uh, personal injury attorneys. And right. he said the podcast was like one of the key avenues that he uses to position himself and go after these higher, hiring clients. And right. he happens to be a client of yours. And he was talking about some right. ninja things you guys do to not just you know load a podcast, but to really promote that podcast 
penetrate you know audiences. And so right. just give me a yes in the comments, guys, if you're excited about hearing a little bit more about that. Awesome. Excellent. So without, without further ado, tell us a little bit about what, can you say a little bit about like what your, like the size of your agency and kind of, sure. you know, what the, what I know you can, don't want to talk about pricing, but just kind of what, what the like program involves. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, I mean, as I'm sure many of us agency owners have found over the last two years, COVID kind of exploded uh, our business. It was yeah. kind of a scary, rough ride there for the first kind of three months. We were like, oh, wait, what's going to happen? Uh, it suddenly we lost 30% of our business in the space of about two weeks. Uh, and then after that dip, we just had this this huge kind of hockey stick. So we've gone from kind of uh, five people uh, at the end of 2019 and to 18 people now. Nice. Um, we're serving uh, anywhere between kind of 30 and 40 different uh, clients at a time right now. And as folks come in and out of season with their show. Um, and, and yeah, we, we're really a, I guess, you know, uh, as a as a Brit, this isn't a, a term I use, but my American friends use it all the time. We're a soup to nuts agency, right? So we're really helping folks develop the strategy for their show, um, what the what the content plan is, how the show is going to stand out and be of value to the audience. We're going to help through, you know, actually creating that content um, on a on a week to week basis, and then we can develop a really kind of clear plan for how we're going to grow that audience and build it over time. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a little bit about us and and. Uh, as, as you rightly point out, we're serving agency owners, um, but also some enterprise clients as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting. You know, there, there's usually when you think about podcast services, you think about, mm. oh, they're going to help you with the recording and the editing, or yep. they're going to help you with, you know, the syndication of it, uh, or they'll sure. write the show notes for you. But I think you're at a much higher level because you're really talking about the strategy and really getting that podcast in front of the right audience to, to you know, to create opportunity, awareness and ultimately business growth. That's right, exactly. Like the editing, writing show notes, these are all super important parts of the process. Um, but these are kind of the the details. These are the the almost commoditized elements of podcasting and actually where the real uh, difference is, as, as you know, we've seen like podcasting explode over the last two years, right? There's just millions of shows now and we can't just kind of get away with creating just an average show. Um, and so really we need to go a step beyond that and develop like really clear content plans and strategies that are gonna help us stand apart. Um, but also, you know, agency owners are incredibly busy. I'm one myself. Uh, I, I, you know, my time is, is tight. And so creating a podcast is just another thing that a founder has to, to think about doing. Um, and so that's why that's how, you know, we've structured ourselves to make sure that we can lift as much as we possibly can away from the founder so that they can just focus on having great conversations and then great content um, is sort of the result from that. So, yeah. I love it. I, I, I'd love to just have a quick conversation about why podcasts are so powerful. Um, specifically, like most of our listeners are agency owners that serve a specific niche. Like we work with plumbing yeah. and HVAC companies. Right. Um, you know, Billy works with chiropractors. Um, out of all of the ways you can gain prospects' attention, right? Direct mail, email marketing, webinars. Why is it that podcasting does so well? So podcasting is a the, the 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 kind of cliche terms that get thrown around in podcasting is that it's very intimate in that you're kind of listening just in your earbuds it's kind of one-to-one -one at scale if that makes sense and yeah. it's a very authentic medium it's a medium where that really thrives on authenticity and and kind of just being yourself and so people get a real sense of connection to the to the host of the shows that they listen to um so when we think about kind of you know how how we um doing business with folks is when they know, like, and trust us as agency owners, they're buying our knowledge, our expertise a lot of the time. Right. And so really being able to do that 
um, at scale is a wonderful thing. The other thing I think is that when we're working in tight niches, like you said, like chiropractors, um, what we want to, we want to be a known name in that space, right? And so creating kind of a bit of an echo chamber is really important. And one of the ways that we can do that is by creating ourselves as a bit of a, a thought leader, a, but just sort of a, a person of note in this industry, right? And I think hosting a podcast is a really great way to do that because you are, uh, by interviewing leaders in your space, you're aligning yourself with them naturally, you know, like in the listener's mind, you are on the same level as this person. And so it's a very quick kind of cheat code, I guess, to kind of getting access in the in the mind's uh, eye of, of our audience um, kind of status in that industry. So um, I think, yeah, there's a bunch of reasons that it works, but those are some of the, the kind of key ones that jump to mind for me. I think that's super powerful. I know, I know from, from my perspective, you know, podcasting has been integral to our, our marketing strategy right. over the years. Um, I think part of it is if you're thinking about the average plumbing HVAC business owner, they're busy, right? They don't have time to sit and listen to webinars. They don't necessarily, you know, you know, have time to read books, uh, right. but they've got drive time. They've got downtime. And so just dropping relevant content in the form of podcasts that they can listen to while they drive, especially in that niche, um, yep. is it's just people will come to me or, or come to our sales team and be like, man, I've been listening to Josh's podcast for, for years and mm-hmm. they feel like they know, like, trust us. And they're, they're really leaning in because right. they've got that time and space to do it, like, in their downtime where there's nothing else going on. Exactly. And you want to be that name that comes to mind when they think of, okay, I need help with SEO in the case of Chris or whatever that thing might be. Um, and so podcasting is that wonderful opportunity to maintain that relationship over time. When you're subscribed to a podcast, you're going to get a ping every time a new episode comes out. And sure, as a listener, we might listen to every other episode. We might listen to the ones that are most interesting to us, but it's that constant reminder of, of this person and their um, personality. So I think, um, yeah, podcasting is, is, is hugely powerful for that. The other thing that, that I think is you know, really key when we think about podcasting for agency owners is that we want to use it. Um, we want to leverage podcasting to get access to the folks that we want to be working with. Um, if you send a cold email to, you know, the HVAC company owners that you want to work with, you know, you're playing the cold email game. It's that's a, that's a tough ask. And, and, um, you know, you, you just get added to the spam folder along with every other cold outreach that's out there. But when we, what we found, at least working with a lot of our clients, when you reach out and say, hey, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? The response rate is just incredible. And not only that, then your first meeting with them is an hour on a call. Knowledge and their knowledge that they they will be sharing this conversation with um, an audience of, uh, uh, of folks in the industry. So, um, I just had a little drop out there. I hope I hope you didn't lose my connection. Yeah, but we got uh, the we got the main gist of what you were saying. So I cool. think you know a big a big thing you just revealed there was there's part of the podcast strategy, which is the fact that we're sharing great content and it's going to get listened right. to. But the other side is to feature successful people in your industry, um, yep. and by doing that, you're either possibly going to gain a, a client because they get to know like trust you a little bit. You wouldn't have been able to get their attention otherwise. Or an ally that might be able to refer you into your ideal clients, like whether they're influencers in your niche or or actual top, you know, top known um, clients you might want to work with. That's exactly right. And when again, if we're talking about these niche in, niche industries, I don't know how many chiropractors have been invited onto a podcast before, right? You know, until you know Billy Show was out. They said like this is you know that that's a real that's a fresh that's a new thing. It's exciting. So their 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 first interaction with you is one of like a really positive feeling. They're excited to be on the show. It's a fun experience for them. That's so much better than hey, can I show you my slide deck on how great our results are going to be for you if we were to work together? Um, so it's just a wonderful kind of 
first step in the relationship. Um, and frankly, like the founders we work with have a lot of fun making these shows too. Like it's fun to, to make a podcast. Like that's a great way to generate content instead of, you know, uh, talking for myself purely. If you sit me in front of a word document and say, right, blast out 3000 words, I'll be like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess I, I know it's important. I know I got to do it, but it's hard. You know, some folks, they thrive in, in, in that format. But for me, I just love to kind of get on the mic and, and have a conversation with somebody. Um, that's a much more kind of enjoyable experience. Love it. Love it. So, so good. Lots of great insights there, you guys. Type podcast in the comments if this is resonating. Like these are the reasons you want to have a podcast for your industry. You can gain attention. You can create content. It's relatively easy, right? Because you might not have to, you know, crank out content. You can just interview people. Um, and you also can, can use it as a, as a backdoor channel to gain, um, to gain attention of your ideal prospects. And the other big thing is that, that Harry just said is the difference between chase and inbound, right? If you're sending cold emails, you're cold calling people, that's your only channel, you're chasing people down. Even when they do meet with you, this is their stance. They're very resistant, right? Hey, look, I'll give you two minutes to show me what you can do, where if you put content in front of them that they find valuable and they, they get to know, like, trust you in their ear while they're driving around, while they're going about their day, when they do decide, hey, like, this is, Harry's my guy. I want him to run my podcast. I want him to promote me. They're, they're leaning in, right? And they're, they're very much pre-positioned to buy. So lots of powerful reasons here, you know, why podcasts are, are such a powerful strategy. Um, let's talk a little bit about formats, if that's okay with you, because you sure. can do podcasts in a variety of ways. Like, you can show up and just share right. tips. You could show up and interview people. You could mm -hmm. show up and, and do a lot of things. What formats have you found to be most effective for digital marketing agencies? Yeah, exactly. So I think the first point to say is like, as I mentioned before, we're dealing with a huge amount of competition now compared to what it was. Like if you started a podcast in 2015, then you, were a, you had a much easier time of standing out than you do today. Now, I mean, I also want to preface by saying, hey, the number of podcasts is is like somewhere around, uh, I think it's 4 million total, but really less than a million of those are actually active. That like is nothing compared to the number of YouTube channels out there, right? The number right. of blogs out there, like there's still, this is, there's a lot of opportunities still in podcasting, but nevertheless, like there is still most niches, most every niche is, is well catered for in podcasting. So we've, we've really got to, to stand out. And one of the ways that we can do that is trying to create some uniqueness in the format that we're delivering the content. So the standard mm -hmm. tried and true message um, method is the, is the interview format, right? And again, as agency owners, it's a great way to, to kind of um, network and build relationships with prospects. So the interview is, is often an integral part, right? And I'm not suggesting that it should go. However, you mentioned sometimes, you know, just a tips show, just like, you know, voicing your expertise i think for you know short form five minute episodes you know five tips on using linkedin for your sales strategy or whatever that might be you can have those kind of regular um things and in it again if you're not a writer you're, you're a speaker um that can be a wonderful way to generate content um so you know short form is a great uh format um the interview is a great format. Uh, i think news shows is a really great and underutilized uh format i think a day we've seen you know the New York Times Daily, uh, many of these kind of daily news shows are exploding. Like they become a part of everybody's daily habit, right? And that's a really... Uh, 
I'm just going to hold on for a second here. There we go. I think I'm back in the room. I'm sorry. As agency owners, as experts in our industry, we have an opportunity to be the news source for our industry, actually. Um, And if we create a daily five to 10 minute news bulletin of the things that have happened in our industry, then that's a wonderful resource we're creating for for our community. Um, which will put us at the the center of that. So I think that's something that more folks should um, consider. Um, We create for a lot of folks uh, kind of NPR style documentary storytelling. Mm. This is something that's super in depth. It's a lot heavier kind of work to create something like that, but the output is incredible and we're certainly going to stand out. We're creating like this American life for the digital marketing industry. You know, that's, that's that's a really interesting thing. Um, and then I think you've got just like the, the, the magazine format, right? It, as it's sometimes known. So that might be, you might have your five minute tip segment, then you might have an interview segment, then you might have like you and a, and a friend or you and a colleague kind of talking back and forth about, about kind of what you've learned over the episode, whatever that kind of mix might be, that kind of mixture of different formats can, can work really well in, in what we, what we call, uh, the, the magazine format, um, so so yeah there's there's a bunch of different ways that we can we can approach uh creating podcasts but i think the main theme here the really important um thing to 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 remember is that there is an interview format show for almost every niche that's out there so we've got to think about how are we going to stand apart um and i think the real key to that that so many folks overlook is they come into it so this is a really common mistake they go i'm so excited we're going to create a podcast i love talking i kind of i speak at lots of events i'm an expert in these things i'm I'm really excited to kind of get all the cool gear and and create a podcast um this is the subject we're going to talk about we're going to interview these guests and we're going to put the show it's going to be amazing they then run into the challenge of then okay i've created this thing now i've got to go find an audience and hope that they want it what we really recommend and that the, the certainly the successful shows that we see are the ones that have that absolute obsession on the listener. So what, who's our target audience? What do they want? What shows are they already listening to that we can understand kind of what makes up their podcasting diet and how can we make sure that what we're going to create is going to fit into that and, and, and stand apart and be different. So oftentimes that doesn't mean kind of like a complete wholesale change from the original idea and concept we had for our show, but it can mean a subtle and, and, uh, you know, important shift or pivot in the way that we kind of present that and package that. So, um, so, so yeah, I think having a, a real focus on the listener and what they need, what value you, you want them to take from listening to you on a weekly basis and creating something backwards from that rather than going, Hey, how about we do this for the, you know, uh, with these guests and, and put it out. Uh, so, so yeah, that's where the kind of strategy and, 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 uh, the strategy piece comes in. And I would say the more time you could focus on really kind of uh, researching and planning and coming up with those ideas in the first place before you hit record is always going to um, pay off in the long run. I love it. So, so we've kind of got like good, better, best, best of the best, right? And so like, if you have no podcast, you're not doing anything like showing right. up and creating content works. But the reality is even in our niches, everybody's doing a podcast, right? There's right. probably dozens of plumbing podcasts. There's dozens of chiropractic podcasts. So what Harry's talking about here is like to really stand out you need to be best in class, right? You need to be strategic with the format. You need to be consistent with the schedule and you mm-hmm. need to be really thoughtful about what your audience wants to hear. And it might not just be you hitting record and talking for 10 minutes, but like really exactly. strategically thinking it through. Um, and you shared some tidbits on how you how you do that. Um, it, how important is the frequency and the consistency as opposed mm-hmm. to just randomly, I'll record something when I have 10 minutes? 
Yeah. So uh, in terms of the audience growth piece, um, it's it's really important. We need to create basically a habit in our audience. We need to for them to think, oh, it's a Tuesday. This is the show where I always listen to the same. I forget which day of the week this show comes. I guess where it's a Thursday because we're going live. So it's a Thursday. I know this is a seven figure agency day, you know, and so it, it just becomes a part of, of habit. And and so you know, making that promise and sticking to that is really important if we're going to kind of develop that that audience and that momentum and that trust over time. Um, so I would say that like now we have people that come to us all the time and say, okay, but we're so busy, there's no way we can do a show every week. Like that's just too much. Um, and so I would say that if you if you are of that mind, every two weeks is absolutely fine. So doing a biweekly show, we do see success there. It takes a little longer, but that, that's cool. You could, you're, at least you're in the game and then you can kind of ramp it up over time. What I would say is that monthly is too infrequent. You know, like folks just forget the show exists month to month. And so it's just really, really hard to, to grow that following. Um, what I would say is if you if you say, well, we just all we have the time for is one a month. That's just what we have the resources for. What we say is great. That's fine. I get it. Um, let's let's condense those 12 episodes that you, you want to do over the year and do that as a season. We'll just release it as a season of episodes that we're going to release every week or every two weeks. So that's going to run a quarter or, or, or a six month period. Um, and then you get to kind of take that break and reset and do it again for another season. Mm. I think we see much greater results if we do that approach of 12 episodes at a time and then taking a big break versus doing it on a monthly basis. Uh, so that would be my advice for any of those time strapped founders out there. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense and, and great insights there. Um, we'd love to know what your thoughts are on the virtues or uh, pitfalls of multicasting, right? This is you can record it and really control the narrative and control the quality um, and then upload it and syndicate it, or you could yep. go live with it and take the live yeah. version and, and kind of piece it. Out. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the, the pros and cons of, you know, multicasting versus like produced in advance. Yeah, I think both, uh, both have their merits. So I think what you're doing here with seven figure agency is amazing. Um, but it takes a real skill set, right? Like it's not something that everyone can do to be a live TV host effectively. That's what you're doing right now. And that's like, that's kind of, that's a lot of work. It's higher stress. You know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts there and things that can go wrong and yeah. your guests can drop out multiple times during the interview as I seem to be doing. Um, so, you know, th th those are some, uh, that presents more challenges and also kind of um, the, the, I guess if there is a downside, it's that you, you, you're, the material you have is the material you have. You can't kind of like, there's only so much work you can do in the edit to really kind of make up for that. Whereas if we do something that is not live, we have a bit more flexibility in our ability to kind of uh, make up for mistakes. You know, I just, I just paused for a second there while I was thinking what I was going to say, you can, you know, you can kind of like re ask a question again and, and go again, all these kinds of things. Um, uh, but of course the benefits you have of going live is you get that immediate audience right then and there, you get to kind of ride the, the YouTube algorithms, the Twitter algorithms, wherever it is that you're sharing these things. Um, so, so yeah, both have their, both have their merits. It really depends on your ability as a host and, and how good you are kind of live, uh, the style of show that you want to try and create and how kind of, I guess, polished it for want of a better word, you want that end product to be, you know? Yeah. I think it's on a spectrum, right? Between like, do we just want to get audience or do we want to create a world-class product or do we want to make it easy? Right. Because let's face yeah. it. This is relatively easy. I set a date and a time. I show up. I hit record, right. and it is what it is, right? And it gonna yeah. gets added up to, to to iTunes. It gets added on YouTube like that, but it's yep. not necessarily polished. Like you said, there's no editing. The ums and the ahs and the the internet right. didn't work. 
Um, or, or you get a, uh, you get a guess. The, that... the world-class side, which is like, hey, let's think about this in advance and let's really make it quality every yep. single time. That's right. And because you, you're also at the whim of your guest, right? Like they right. could turn up and be this bumbling British idiot with nothing <laughs> valuable to say. And then you've got 30 minutes of crap going out live. So, you know, there's there's that to be said for the live thing. But uh, right. but no, I think, you know, hats off to you and what you're doing here. I think being able to consistently make something of quality is uh, in a live scenario is a, is a, is a tall order. Yes, unfortunately, Harry's crushing it today. So just type Harry in the comments if you're getting value and some good insights and some great like world-class strategy here on what you can do with, with your podcast. So we've talked a little bit about why podcasts. We talked a little bit about like formats that work and how to make your podcast stand out. Um, I'd be curious, like, what are some of the metrics you should be looking at for your show just to see if it's working, not working, performing, underperforming? Yeah, so I, the, the, the number that everybody, of course, thinks about first is how many downloads is my show getting right like what is that number of, of folks listening to the podcast um and that is an important number of course we can't deny that but uh it's much less important than i think people uh, assume we'd much rather focus on some other stats which i'll which i'll talk about um so th what we the, the raw number of downloads, the, the, the other point I want to make is that if if our if our strategy is to be interviewing uh, best fit clients on our podcast as agency owners, we almost don't mind how many people are listening. You know, that, that number is almost irrelevant. You know, we've got clients that have shows that are getting downloads in the in the hundreds, like one or two hundred downloads per episode. Um, but the one hundred one or two hundred people that listen to that provide such tremendous value to their business that they, it doesn't matter. So you know, it's, it's not necessarily a proxy for success that, that, that number. Um, so the numbers that we focus on instead is, is basically, uh, we want to, we want to get a sense of resonance. Like is the content we're creating resonating with our audience? Do they care about this show? Um, and so what we want to look for that is, is, is consumption rates. So, uh, inside of Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can go into your show and understand of each episode, what is the average uh, completion rate of each Ooh. of those episodes? Um, we see in podcasting very commonly 70, 80, 90 plus percent completion rates of, of 30 to 40 minute episodes, which is just a tremendous amount of time we're spending with our audience. Um, and so we can understand on an episode by episode basis, you know, did this guest hit or not and did was this topic interesting or not are we trending upwards or downwards like are folks sticking with us longer over time or not um it also you know frankly just helps to justify podcasting because i think if we can say great this these 500 people listen to our show the average completion rate was 90 percent um you know when we compare that to what we see in video where you'd be lucky to get five to 10% completion rates on a video you put on social, for example, mm -hmm. you know, that blows it out of the water. Like what an incredible stat that is. So um, that really allows us to make the trade-off before between, okay, sure. So we might've had like a million impressions of our video, but an average completion rate of 5%, but we've got, you know, thousands of downloads on our podcast, but the completion rate was 90%. Like that's an incredible kind of um, difference there. Uh, so, so that's the one that we that we really encourage folks to to focus on is is this content resonating with your audience and do they care to come back? Quality over quantity, right? Who cares? It might be in a very little niche like plumbing companies. You're not going right. to have you know ten ten thousand downloads a month, but if you right. can get a hundred of your ideal prospects and the quality is that they're actually listening to it, which would indicate they're getting value and it's resonating, is a more important metric. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like as agency owners, uh, there's few of us that are working with, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of accounts, right? Normally, at least for, for a lot of us, it's you're working for smaller numbers of these accounts, but you know, they're, they're higher ticket. And so 
you know, we're not necessarily looking to compete with Joe Rogan here. We're just, uh, we're trying to create the right audience, you know? 100%. Any other metrics that you think are, are really important to look at uh, on the on the podcast? Um, so I think it's just a really good idea to stay in touch with the number of, um, not the number, but the what your reviews are on, on Apple and all the different platforms. Mm. Like be in touch with your audience. So what is that feedback you're getting? solicited or unsolicited you know like are people talking positively about the podcast and if they are or they aren't what are they saying you know are they saying i hated this guest or you know this topic was super interesting we can learn a lot from that and i think the other thing that you can always you know take an interest in interest in but again in niches you know niche sub subject matter we're never going to kind of break through to again take over the the joe rogans of the world but our chart position in apple is always a good thing to to see are we trending upwards or downwards are we getting more popular over time or uh, or less um but but really honestly the the number of episode the number of downloads per episode and the consumption rate of each of those episodes those are the two two numbers that i would I'd have most folks focus on and I mean, good to know that you can even track those stats. So somewhere on the Apple backend, you can see that data. Exactly. Um, if you know, if you've got it hosted on a platform, you can see the downloads. Um, That's right. Excellent. Are there any other like um, like man like tracking tools that you put in place, or is it just? Straight to the platform, typically that you would. Yeah. So there's there's another kind of middleman, um, Chartable, uh, Chartable dot. Uh, com is a really interesting platform that gives you access to a bit more insight in certain areas. Um, you can pay for uh, a kind of premium account through Chartable, which gives you access to kind of demographic data of your audience, which is super mm -hmm. interesting. Um, it also makes it possible for you to track your marketing campaigns for those podcasts to understand, you know, when I post this on social, where am I getting all my clicks from? Are they coming from Twitter? Are they coming from LinkedIn or whatever? So that's super helpful as well. Um, but generally speaking, it's a, it's a pretty lean kind of medium, right? Like, I guess there's, there's more factors going on here with seven figure agency because you're doing all that live stuff. So the video element to it as well. Um, but, uh, no, generally speaking, it's, it's really just your podcast host and then the Apple and Spotify dashboards. Awesome. Yeah. I think Chartable is a great, a great resource, right? It kind of tracks the top, what is it? The top hundred in each category. Um, yep. and then that premium level would give you additional, additional insights, additional data, so we've talked That's about right. the metrics we want to be looking at. Um, let's talk a little bit about growing the audience, right? It's yeah. like, we're always like, you know, so we're going to put it up on iTunes and, you know, we're going to put it up into the, into the world and hope somebody discovers it. Yeah. Um, one thing we, like we do is like, obviously we email it out and that drives people to the channel. And so we're, we're, we're like leveraging our own media to gain attention. Mm -hmm. um, we'll also, you know, in, in a lot of cases, direct mail, for the plumbing and HVA, our top 100 prospects. Hey, we've Love just it. recorded this new thing. Here's a QR code to go listen to it. We used to send CDs back in the day because um, these guys are in That's their trucks. So and they, you know, but like this, we can send a postcard. It's much cheaper, and they can yep. pop. You know, you pop it right up and be listening to it. We'd love to hear any other cool like ideas you have for improving consumption and expanding the audience. Yep. Uh, I love that. Sending CDs is amazing. Uh, cassette, ta <laughs> cassette tapes next. Let's bring it back. Vi let's print our podcast to vinyl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I guess like the, the most important kind of main message I want to, I want to share to start with is that a lot of folks will lean into social. They'll kind of assume, right, this is where I grow my audiences, where I share my content and this is where I'm going to drive kind of new, new listenership of our podcast. What, what we and my colleagues in the industry have found is that it's incredibly hard to really drive at meaningful growth from social media. The reason for that is that when you're in kind of Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn mode, you're in kind of that short form bite-sized content mm -hmm. mode, right? You're kind of like mm -hmm. going to hit the like button. 
you're going to maybe share something with a friend. You might comment on a cat video. Like you're not in that kind of like in-depth content mode. So we found it's very, very difficult to move someone from that mode into, okay, now I'm going to spend the next. Let me hold on for a second here. And I'm back in the room. Okay. Yep. So it's very difficult to, 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 to really get someone to commit then to spending 30 to 40 minutes listening to an in-depth piece of content. Yeah. So instead what we want to do is reach podcast uh, folks where they're already in podcast mode. So a lot of the, um, the, the a lot of the channels that we use are, are in that podcast ecosystem. So that might be um, uh, paying for access to 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 have banner ads within certain apps. So things like Castbox and Overcast and Stitcher, they will have um, pay to play access to to like you know when you're in the Discover screen, you're looking for a new podcast. There's like a little pop up banner there, and you can have your show there. Um, one of the the main ways that we get in front of other audiences is literally getting in front of those audiences. We want to go out and be on other podcasts that are relevant to our audience. So if we're in the chiropractic space, we want to make sure that every chiropractic show is going to mention our shows. That might mean partnering with those shows and they shout out your podcast and you shout out theirs. That might mean being a guest on their show. That might mean paying to sponsor their podcast so that they will kind of um, reference you. But really what we want to do is go, cool, this is an audience we want to get in front of. We know it's got an audience that, that we want. How can we get our message to those, to those folks? Um, there are a ton of podcast newsletters, um, you know, that are rounding up the best podcast in, in this or that subject uh, that we can pitch our show to be on. Um, and then there's like the, the kind of earned side of it too so apple and spotify they all have charts and and the kind of um editorial teams that kind of service service the best content in in any given niche and so kind of really pitching them to say hey look my show's amazing like can we can we get some some love here and, and have it featured in in the app um so so yeah really thinking about how, what are the ways that our audience are interacting with podcasts how do we get in front of them in those in those in those moments um i suppose the final, not final, but the other big, big chunk that we think about is that we want to try and game the Apple podcast. Oh man, it's a great place for you to cut out, right? You're just like about to share some cool nugget about gaming the podcast. Can't wait to hear this guys. If you're getting value, give me a one in the comments. I'm sure Harry will be back in just a yeah. second. Once the internet comes back. Oh my goodness. I'm so you, sorry. You, you cut out there at the perfect time. Cause you're like, of course, the last thing would be to gain the. <laughs> we're like all oh, leaning in. We wanted left to you on tenterhooks. I'm so sorry. Uh, my connection. I'm I'm literally plugged into. I'm not even on wireless, so I don't know what's going on. Um, the 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 other area is that we want to really focus on the Apple algorithm, right? Mm. So, um, Apple Podcasts, sixty percent of listenership is happening on that platform. It's definitely the the, the place that we want to place as much focus as we possibly can. What Apple podcast cares about is the number of new subscribers you've received within the last 24 hours. So if you're rising up the charts, um, you're, you're hitting the, the top 10 in the business category or whatever that might be for you, that's because you've received the most new subscribers in the last 24 hours. Hmm. So what we want to try and do is do a bunch of things that will, that will give us spikes of activity on our feed. We want like lots of people subscribing to our show in a condensed period of time. And that's going to give us that little bump up the algorithm. And when we do that, we're going to get more organic exposure, which is going to lead to more people finding us and so on. And you get this wonderful kind of self feeding system. So what are the ways that we can do that? Well, one of our favorite ways to do that is to run a contest, you know, um, subscribe to us on Apple podcast, leave us a rating review for your chance to win insert awesome prize here. 
Um, we've seen just tremendous success with this in in a number of really uh, niches where you really wouldn't expect people to take action. Um, you know, one example that springs to mind is we uh, we produce um, a podcast with with Boston Consulting Group. They've got a huge audience of, of very high paid individuals, right? They're, they're very successful consultants. We figured, look, we'll try the contest, but we don't really think it's going to work because, like, what is a what is a consultant earning a couple hundred grand minimum uh, care about winning a pair of headphones? Uh, but mm-hmm. you would be amazed. People love free stuff. Doesn't matter how how wealthy, uh, how good, well you're paid. You still care about uh, free stuff. So we had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people um, complete that contest and it had a tremendous impact on on the growth of the show. So uh, just thinking about ways that you can do that. Another way to do that is at conferences. So like, you know, again, we're talking about the chiropractic industry. You know, when's the biggest event in the chiropractic industry? Let's get to that conference, as I'm sure we already are, and use that event as a way to, to promote the podcast. You've mentioned QR codes. That's a great thing. Like, can we put a QR code on all of the, 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 the event bags or whatever and, and try and get that period of time where we can get like 50 100 200 people subscribing to the podcast in one condensed period um so there are some some ideas for you love it love it some great tips there so the, you started off with just you know not just doing your own podcast right find the other podcasts and part of yep. the strategy is how do i get myself featured on their podcast maybe i can be interviewed maybe i can share some value like you're doing here today maybe right. i can sponsor it and spend some money and they, they mentioned me that's a great way to cross promote um I really love the idea of that contest, really saying, hey, look, if you'll subscribe and post a review, you'll be in this running to win some cool some cool prize. Sounds like right. that can spike the number of subscribers and the number of reviews. Um, any, any specific platform you recommend for running those types of contests? Is there any like ninja tools for that? No, honestly, it's pretty, uh, it's, I mean, there are some, some just contest platforms, um, but honestly, that's where social does come in. That's where we recommend that if you are going to spend some money on paid social to grow the show, we'd say, don't spend it on boosting a post to to your latest episode. Spend it on like the contest, mm. uh, driving people to that. You get their email address out of it as well, so you kind of get that opportunity to to, to re um, retarget them later. Uh, but yeah, so no, I don't have any specific tips there. I think whatever whatever platform works for you. Got it. Love it. And so the other thing you mentioned was advertising on you know like really focusing on the fact that they're they're there are people that listen to podcasts, right? And so the best place to get more podcast listeners is to advertise to podcast listeners of similar shows. Exactly. Um, how do we, like, what's the platform for setting that type of targeting up? Yeah, so there's a bunch of uh, strategies we use. One very specific tool recommendation is um, Rephonic. So R-E-P-H-O-N-I-C. Um, Rephonic is a platform where you can you can search for any given topic and it'll list out just like the top shows in those for, for those um, uh, for those terms. Um, and it gives you like an estimate of their reach. It gives you all kinds of information about that podcast. Um, and that's a wonderful way to start building up a list. Um, the other thing that we like to do is, is is pretty old school, to be honest. We go into Apple Podcasts, we search for the subject matter that we're looking for, and we literally look, you know, because that's that's the the number one place is like, you know, what's getting served here. But then when you find the show that's like the the perfect, like perfectly aligned. So this is the seven figure agency. So let's say we find the six figure agency show. We think that's that's perfect for us. Like we wanna we wanna get in front of that audience. If we open that show up in Apple Podcasts and you scroll all the way to the bottom. This is getting granular, but you know, Love it. No, this, this, is, is, this awesome. is for those, this is for those hackers out there. Yeah. You scroll all the way to the bottom at the bottom of that page. It's going to tell you listeners of this show also subscribe to and give you a mm. list of other shows. And what's that, what that's saying, Apple is telling you that there is an overlap in listenership um, between those two podcasts. That's a really great way to kind of build out that list beyond what you might find in a tool like Refonic. 
Love it. So is there is there a way to actually like advertise somehow in, in the platform or you're saying then you get that group of podcasts that are relevant and you kind of go deeper by looking at the listeners also listen to uh, and yep. then you reach out to those. And, hosts. Then, you, and hey. then you reach out to those hosts and, and try to build a relationship that way. Some of these shows are going to be represented by networks and that makes it a whole lot easier because you can reach out to the ad sales team with those mm -hmm. networks. Um, but we've always found direct relationships with the host is the most effective because it firstly gets you the best rates, even if they are represented by a network. And secondly, it's just you're going straight to source and you're going to um, have much greater success there. Um, but you, you mentioned the apps. So you can't buy an ad in Apple Podcasts. You can't buy an ad in Spotify. But all of the other podcast apps, at least many of them, they do have ad platforms in there where you can literally buy a banner ad to get in front of folks while they're in that kind of discover mode. So that's another really effective, uh, effective way. It's a bit more spray and pray in the sense that you're kind of reaching a very generalized audience. It's hard to be right. super specific, um, but it's a great way to grow a show in a, in a short space of time. So good. So, so many great insights. Is this part of what you do in your service? Like you help, you know, put together the format, make sure it's a good show, edit the show, then help like build the audience for the show. Like, do you get into all these aspects in your, in your done for you services? Yeah, that's right. The, the growth, the, the growth plan is is a core part of our strategy work that we do at the very beginning. We're thinking about how not only how, what is the show going to be, but how are we going to grow it before we've even started producing it. So, mm. uh, so yeah, it's it's really important to be thinking about it right up front. Does somebody need to hire you at the start, or could they be like you know year in, three years into their show and say, "Hey, I'm ready to take this to the next level. Um, let me get with Lower Street to to really amp this up." Yeah, absolutely. We, we do both. So Chris Dreyer, for example, that you mentioned, he'd already been producing his show for a year when he came to us. Um, and we just kind of, he was, he was doing a good job. It was working, but we just threw gas on it. And it's been um, a, an absolute kind of uh, home run for him. But, um, but we love working with folks that have never podcasted before because we get to set it up perfectly from day one. So, you know, both works. Right. You know, what's really interesting with the, the Chris Dreyer case is that he's in the niche within the niche. And you wouldn't think like yeah. a really high-end podcast with all of this investment would be hyper productive, but you know, he's working not just with attorneys. He only works with PI attorneys and he only really does search engine right. optimization. Um, but he runs a, an eight figure agency and mm -hmm. um, he really points to the podcast strategy as being a big lever that's helped with that growth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in his case, and I think again, for many of us as, as sort of high ticket agency owners, like the, um, that pre come making the experience of your guest a premium experience and then the product that comes out the end of it also being premium is just really really important to position yourself as that that kind of leader in your space right so we could all you know we could just jump on zoom and do a really kind of quick and dirty podcast and that's definitely better than nothing like if your takeaway from this is i should start a podcast i can't afford to work with an agency i'm just going to get it done then great go do that because it's definitely a good idea um, but if you are reaching for that real upmarket kind of clientele, then kind of making that super polished product, I think definitely pays. Can, can we talk a little bit about what percentage of the success you would say is um, prospect consumption versus prospect and influencer featuring and bu building the relationship with those um, with those influencers and those, you know, those guests? Yeah, I, I think basically I think about it in terms of timeline. If you're if you're putting out content it's a really, the audience growth piece is a slow burn. Firstly, podcasting is not viral. We've just talked about the growth opportunities in podcasts, but it takes time. You know, it's not like a TikTok campaign where you might just suddenly hit and then overnight you've got millions of impressions. It's it's a, definitely a, a slow growth. So you're going to see, it's going to take you a long time before you've built a really big audience that's going to lead to those kind of inbound organic leads that are going to result from it. Um, but also not only that, it's going to take time to build that 
no like and trust juice as well, right? So they're, they're going to listen to you for at least a couple of months before they decide to do business with you, let alone when they had the need. Um, so if, if all we're thinking about it is creating a podcast and then uh, kind of monetizing the audience that we create, that's going to take some time. And we, that's where we see folks go, oh, I've been doing this for six months and I've got nothing, so I'm going to quit. Right. So that's where interviewing your guests as being these kind of high fit, these, these best fit prospects or influences in your influences, in your space, that's going to deliver you value from day one. Like the minute you've got on that call with that person, the, the experience is hopefully paid for itself. You know, if you have enough high, a high enough uh, customer value, then, you know, you've immediately got the value that you needed from that conversation. So, um, so I think that's where the, the combination of it works really well. We want to make sure we're making evergreen content. It's going to live on for a long time. That's going to deliver results for us in the long term. But, but today, we just sat in the room with with a with the perfect prospect, and and that's a, a relationship begun. I think that's a, that's a super super ninja hack, guys. They, like, hopefully, this is a big takeaway for all of you, right? Yes, there's there's content you put out, but you know the fastest way is just developing the relationship and leveraging that opportunity to feature mm -hmm. that person, get to know that person, and you know maybe it turns into a sale, maybe it turns into a discovery call, maybe it turns into them referring you to other people. Um, but now you've got the attention of your ideal prospect in a way that's not obnoxious and not salesy. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing, amazing insight. Can you talk at all about some of the the strategies on how to interview those people, how to, or at least how to get, you know, how to get them interested in coming on and how to create a class experience that leads to them being impressed and possibly um, interested? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, so the first point to make is that, as I said before, it depends on the industry that you're in, but for a lot of folks, just just being asked to be on a podcast is a thrill, right? Because it's not happened before. So, you know, let, if, if, you're, if your industry is, you know, CMOs uh, in, in, in software companies, then sure, like they've probably, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a higher likelihood that they've been on a show before. Uh, but I think still we're, we're still in the age where asking someone to be on a show, you have a such higher uh, opportunity of, of getting a yes from them than um, with many other things. But uh, we want to make sure, firstly, this is where having a premium show, making it look and sound really amazing so that when you say, would you like to be on my show, they check it out and they're like, oh, this looks legit. I would like to be a guest on that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so that's the sort of how to, to get them on board. And, and as with every kind of outreach, once we, once we get the first couple of names in, it, the snowball starts to go. Yeah, you get you a bit of credibility. Say, hey, I just interviewed some popular right. person you're aware of, and now they like just... They want, they want that. Exactly. And you just kind of stair step your way up the, the industry, the totem pole there. So, so definitely um, that's, that's kind of that piece. Um, but then in terms of having a good interview and, and getting good content, like it's all about research. <clears throat> it's all about planning the interview. So the sort of biggest pitfall we see folks um, fall into is where they, they go, cool. I'm an expert in subject matter. A, this is uh, expert B. We're going to get in a room. We're just going to spend 40 minutes chatting and good stuff will, will result. And, you know, sometimes that's true, uh, but it is more often than not, not true uh, because, it, you know, without the adequate kind of preparation, we're just kind of, we're, we're at the whim of uh, whatever kind of happens that day. So we uh, really like to, to, to research the guest, think about, okay, why am I having this person on the show? What, what value do they have? to potentially offer my audience because again we want to think about the audience first and work backwards so what do they need to get out of this guest okay these are the, the main subjects that we want to draw out from them from them what stories are there around this person that we can try and kind of because we could ask them just factually hey 
what's the answer to this question? Or we could say, hey, was there a time in your life where this thing happened? And can you walk us through that that moment that that happened? And as we get into kind of storytelling mode, it suddenly becomes so much more compelling because it's a like real. It makes it real. Um, and secondly, it's um, uh, it, it's it's just sticky. You can't help but listen to the end of a story. You just you want to know what's going on. So we want to try and get our guests into into story mode. So that means researching the things they're going to talk about and then planning questions that that um, that elicit those kinds of stories. Uh, and also provide structure, right? So we don't want to just kind of like ask a question, get the answer and then go, hmm, and now I'm going to ask another question. We just have a back and forth. If we have a really clear beginning, middle and end to our conversation, that just allows us to to really arrive at a much more compelling um, discussion. The final hack I would say, and this is not a time saver. So, you know, like uh, this is definitely a time adder, but if we're really going for that um, Uber premium, then what we love to do is a, is a pre-interview. And that could be just 15 minute conversation. But if we jump on a call with our guest before they, before they uh, do the interview a, a couple days or a week before, and just talk through some of these topics we want to talk about and see if we can unpick, like what are those stories that they might have to, to bring to the, to the conversation? What are those things that we want to um, riff on? Where are the areas that they're less excited? And so we don't want to focus on in the interview and you, you can't know that ahead of time. And what are the areas what we, that are, they're really excited to talk about? having that that little brief conversation in advance really means that the stuff we get on the real recording is gold. But uh, like I say, that's just, uh, that's another step. So not everyone's got time for that. Love it. So, so good. So many great nuggets. Guys, post some of your takeaways in here and we're coming close to the close. So if you have a question for hearing while we're still live, put in the comments, we'll do our best to, to answer it. Um, so, so good. So many great insights here. You mentioned kind of prepping the person in advance kind of really thinking those questions in advance. Obviously, what you're talking about is a top-level, best-in-class podcast yeah. strategy. Um, like, who's a good fit for Lower Street? And if somebody thinks they might be a good fit, what would be the best way to connect with you, learn more about you, engage potentially with your services? Uh, thank you. Well, I mean, you're really giving me a, a, a pitch opportunity here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, really, to be honest, our, our best-fit clients typically – um, those high seven figure, eight, uh, eight figure agency owners where they're an, an account to them is worth a, a decent amount of money. Um, where creating that kind of premium experience is great, um, where they're time strapped and they don't have a lot of time to be kind of producing this content. They just want a team that's, that's, that are experts and, and capable at what they're doing. So that's, that's who we're a best fit for. Um, but we work with companies of all stripes, um, but you can, where to find me, I, I hang out on Twitter a lot. I'm at podcast Harry on Twitter. Um, or all of the information around uh, what we do is at lowerstreet.co. Great stuff. Love it. So just hopping back to something we talked about prior. And guys, you know, this is a premium service. If you're at that level and you're ready to go, you know, eight figures, multiple eight figures, you should definitely connect with Harry. Um, I think it's amazing that you've been willing to come on and share so many great insights with the, with the group. Um, shifting back just to talk about your agency a little bit, um, mm -hmm. you talked about, you know, why productizing wasn't the answer for your particular agency success. Can you share a little bit about some of the, the lessons and nuggets as it related to your business? Yeah. So I don't know how this is for, for, for you and, and for all other kind of uh, agency owners out there, but for us, it was, you, you, we're in the, we're in a creative space, right? Like people hire us to, to, to create content. And um, what I've discovered is it's hard to do that uh, in a, very kind of regimented, repeatable way. It is inherently creative. It's different every time. And so, you know, I started out with this very clear mindset of I want a productized service. I want to be able to very clearly and simply scale. 
uh, predictably scale um, and be able to sort of, as, as founder, remove myself from the day-to-day -day operations as efficiently as possible. And I thought productizing was the way to do that. And certainly a lot of friends around me were, were doing just that. And that's fantastic. Um, but as we sort of moved away from uh, really positioning ourselves as a podcast editing service and more of a consulting strategy and development, you know, going that upmarket route, it becomes very, very difficult to, to kind of cookie cut that, right? It just isn't, it's just not possible. And so um, I think that productizing is an option for lots of people, um, but you're really, the challenge you face there is, is, is being a commodity, being commoditized and fighting this race to the bottom you know the kind of design pickle play is, is great like it's awesome like what an incredible business um design pickle is but um but that basically if you're not design pickle you've you've already lost right they've already won that fight and whereas you know the difference between me and some of my direct competitors is maybe a bit more subtle you know like we've just got different styles and it's like do you like this person versus this person because uh they're they inherently kind of uh, creative in their approach so i, I think um it's easier to build uh, a strong brand and a style and a, a, a um, and a position in the marketplace by by being kind of um, not productized. That said, I'm m massively working all the time on how do we systemize what we do, how do we make it more efficient, how do we make it more scalable. Um, you know, we're only at 18 people now, but as you add more people into that production department, how do you do that reliably and consistently so that the product stays as good as it already is? Um, that's super super important. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear what you think. I mean, I don't know how you feel about kind of productizing versus not, you know. I think, you know, it depends upon your market. It depends upon what you're looking to do. I do love the idea of kind of figuring out, you know, here's here's what you, the niche you're going after. Here's the service you're going to deliver. Figuring yeah. out all of the deliverables in advance, so you can have a consistent, predictable outcome for the for the clients in that particular niche. Tends, yep. to, tends to work really well. The other thing I know you're a big believer in and Chris is a big believer in is this idea of going up market and really why mm. being the premium provider is the best play. Would love to hear your two cents on that and how, you know, guys like you and Chris are pulling it off at this much higher monthly retainer. Yeah. I just think that if you, if you go up market, you charge a premium rate, it allows you to firstly, just like do cool stuff. I don't right. know if I'm allowed to curse on here. I was about to curse. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so like, it allows you to do cooler work, which I, which I, I just enjoy, right? Like it's just a simple fact of like, that's more fun for me personally. So you get to make cooler stuff that allows you to shout about the work that you've done, which is a great kind of built-in marketing. My experience, this is not everybody's experience, but my experience is that higher paying clients are just better clients. They're easier to work with. They appreciate the work that you do. They are more collaborative and just, just better all around. Um, and also it's just a simple fact of like, you add one one new account and that's a, a, that is a significant amount to help you grow. Whereas if you're a productized agency where you might be charging in the, in the hundreds or low thousands per month, then it's just going to take you a much longer time to kind of see the growth that you're really looking for. Yeah. So it's not for everybody. It's not necessarily the easiest route to go because you've got to like really master what you do. You have to be genuinely like a, an expert in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um so it's something I've worked up to, right? I've been this bumbling idiot for, for like seven years, but like we've gen slowly got there. We now, you know, we are uh, experts at what we do. Um, so it's not something that we've, we've been there from day one, but um, uh, yeah, so that, that's my view on it. And, and it's, it's, it's my preference, but like I say, it's not for everybody. You can stand out in the market, right? As Chris made a great point that at, at $10,000 plus monthly, I'm not sure what your number is. 
you know, you don't look like everybody else. Like if everyone else is hit thousand to 2000 bucks right. a month, you know, that's everybody. But when you come in at 10, $15,000 a month, there must yep. be something different, right? And you've got the margin to then have the very best talent to go much deeper with exactly. strategy, to really do things that are way outside the norm. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, that, that can be a really powerful position to be in the marketplace. Yep. hundred percent agree. Yep. Amazing. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad you came on some amazing insights on how you built your successful podcast agency, some great strategies on why podcasting, how to leverage a podcast, how to come up with a better format, how to promote the podcast to grow your audience and to really position yourself uniquely in the industry. Um, guys, if you got value, I really want to encourage you reach out to Harry, um, connect with him on Twitter. That's the place he likes to be followed. Um, if you're at a high level and you really want to take this to the next level, um, he probably is the very best podcast strategist marketing service that you can hire. So as we, as we wrap up, Harry, what would be the last piece of wisdom you would drop on that digital marketing agency owner that's just trying to figure out how to get things to the next level, how, how to keep things moving in the right direction? Uh, so regarding podcasting or just in general? In general. In general, I think... Uh, I, I, I think master your craft. I think the only thing that we can do is be people are hiring us for our expertise. We just need to continue to be those experts. So I'm just always learning. I'm always curious about the things that we're working on the industry that we're a part of. Um, and, and so that for me is, is, is the number of thing, uh, you know, as a founder, again, we have the team that are there to execute and deliver on this stuff. It's really our job to be um, the experts in, in that, in that space. So be a, be a constant student of the game sharpen right. your saw, be best in class at what you do, invest the time and the energy to really build a world-class experience, a world-class service and become right. a world-class entrepreneur. I hope so. Yeah. And be curious. Just always curious. Love it. Well, Harry, this has been amazing. Thanks so much for taking the time. Guys, you, be sure to tag Harry, connect with him on Twitter, inquire about his services. We will, we will call it a wrap there. If you'd like to listen to other interviews like this with other highly successful digital marketing agency owners, be sure to go to sevenfigureagency.com slash podcast. There you can subscribe on your favorite channel and um, we'll take it from there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks, Harry.